Well, we have a treat this morning. We are going to be, uh, we have Jeffrey Feiger on the line. He's one of the most successful and, quite frankly, controversial attorneys in America. His father was, of course, a well-known labor attorney here in Detroit. Jeff's one of the most uh, uh, respected criminal lawyers and malpractice attorneys, which has celebrated cases as, uh, of course, Jack Avorkian, which we'll be talking about. He had the Scott Amateur case in 1999, that wrongful death, death case against uh, Jenny Jones, and then he uh, represented the young man who was killed and the family who was killed in uh, the Columbine High School uh, massacre. He won the Democratic nomination for governor in Michigan in 1998, and quite frankly, Jeff, you got one of the nicest buildings I like in uh, in Southfield. Welcome to the show. Thanks very much. I just want you to know, my dad had a building years ago down the street from your building, and oh man, your your building is just so nice that it, it really takes up a whole city block. I like. Well, it. it's not one building; it's taken years to do. I've actually uh, purchased about six or seven or eight buildings on Ten Mile, and then donated them to Blightbusters, and they actually are still existing somewhere. They were moved. And they're providing uh, housing uh, in other parts of the Detroit area. Well, I like those buildings, that's for sure. You know, one of the things we want to talk about is, of course, You Don't Know Jack, which is going to be coming out on HBO starring Al Pacino. Tell me about your experience with working in this movie. Did they counsel a lot with you to uh, set up this movie? Um, I guess as much as anybody else, probably more than any of the principal characters, uh, um I was hired as a script consultant, so they, they consulted with me in terms of the script itself. The, the reason they were able to get so many really great and talented actors and directors, Barry Levinson the, won the Academy for Rain Man and was the director, Al Pacino, Susan Sheridan, Brenda Vaccaro, John Goodman, Danny Houston plays me, is because the script it is is just a magnificent work of art, and it stands alone, and that's how they were able to get um, such uh, great people because they don't pay uh, competitively. In other words, HBO doesn't pay what feature films pay, but then again, they don't spare any expenses in terms of the production. It's a beautiful, beautiful... It's made. It, nobody should get the idea it's a made-for-TV movie. It's not. It's a... It's a theatrical production that's being played on HBO. In Europe, it will be played in theaters, and then it'll be released on uh, on DVD. And it's uh, I saw it in completion on Thursday at the premiere in New York. And it's I have to say it's a very very compelling movie. How did you like uh, Danny Houston's portrayal of you? Well, what I, I once said this to some Ben Bradley uh, was asked how he liked. Jason Robart's portrayal of him and all the president's men, and he said, I was great. I said, I couldn't get away with that, but Danny Houston is, is a very good Jeff Feiger. Well, you know, you're, you're also involved in, uh, in obviously the lawsuit against, uh, the writer in Hurt Locker, a lawsuit on behalf of Master Sergeant Jeffrey Server filed a, Farber, a Farber, right. Farber filed a, a federal lawsuit. What, what's going on with that? Well, that's pending in the federal court in New Jersey, and that was uh, that's just an out and out, as far as I'm cons- concerned. In the in the law, we call it appropriation, but it's really uh, stealing someone's identity for profit, and that's exactly what uh, the writer and the producers did in the Hurt Locker. They embedded themselves with uh, Sergeant Sarver's unit, 
the screenwriter wrote an article for Playboy. Anybody who cares to read it would understand if they also saw the movie that they're identical. And the only thing that's different in the movie is that he changes the name of Sergeant Sarver to uh, Will James. But other than that, it's the same person. Do they acknowledge it at all? Do they say that, oh, yes, he was involved? Well, no, they've been caught. They they did. I mean, you can't not... It, it, nobody with any common sense or any intellectual honesty at all could read the Playboy article, which is where the article appeared first in uh, 2005, and then um, not realize that the Hurt Locker is, is, is exactly the same as the article. So they say that for the press, and you know, but this is all stuff. They can never go to trial with that case. I, I'm, I'm not posturing. I'm, I'm just saying I wouldn't have taken that case if, if, if you know, it's not somebody coming out of the woodwork saying, "Well, gee, that sounds like me. I was in Iraq at the same time. I defused bombs." Hmm. That isn't the case here. This is this is the screenwriter. He was with Sarver. He wrote about Sarver. He wrote an article which is identical to the screenplay of the uh, Hurt Locker, and he's the writer of the Hurt Locker. You know, Jeff, but you take on cases like that. I mean, it, let's face it, whether they are controversial or not, I mean, you really have a history of when you see something and you see a wrong. I mean, I, you listen, I've followed your career for years. You take it on, whether it's in Columbine or whether it is something, you know, people can say about Jack of working now, but when you took that on back then, you know, n- nobody really... A prob- nobody had the guts to take on the the system like that. I mean that. Well, that's they really were afraid. Most lawyers were afraid. All the lawyers that Jack had gone to, and, and I wasn't the first lawyer he had gone to, was afraid uh, of what it would do to their practice, what the authorities would do to them. I just thought saw it as a civil rights issue. You know, Jack is uh, is quoted as saying, "I always felt my career and everything was a failure." And it may be, Kevorkian said, but I feel successful now because of the freedom I have to do what I want to do, and you helped them do that. Did you guys have yeah, discussions like that? basically, that's sort of what the movie's about. And ultimately, Jack always did engineer his own failures. He could have been a very successful person in a lot of different endeavors. He's very, he's very, very bright. And he kind of... Un- Undermined even his own success in the in 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 the issue he was he was proselytizing by by in the end representing himself. But that's what, I don't want to give away the movie, but that's the movie. Well, I remember the case, but he also and and he still I uh, talks about it. And I wanted to ask you about it when he says when the law is deemed immoral, you must disobey it. And you know, when you have something like a jury nullification... Well, you know, wait a second. He didn't say that. That's what we said at oh. Nuremberg. <laughs> He's just quoting 45 the years ago. The American early. forces and the American judges when we hung the Nazis in Nuremberg said that because that was their defense. They were following the laws. If anybody wants to see that quote, watch Judgment in Nure- at Nuremberg with Maximilian Schell and uh, Burt Lancaster. And, uh, you know... You know, we, we need, and this... This uh, this uh, movie, I'm sure, will depict that we need lawyers that are always, I guess, uh, capable, but also interested in taking on the system. And I know that you started uh, at Michigan State University the uh, the trial practice uh, institute there. And you know, we have so many 
lawyers coming out of law school these days. Would you, what would, what advice would you give these young lawyers coming out in terms of what kind of cases to take on? Well, first of all, they don't get a choice. Unfortunately, most young lawyers don't get a choice. They have to get, they have to take the cases that come to them or where they work. But I advise all young lawyers that if they're going to law school to make a whole lot of money, or if that's their desire in life, then they're in the wrong profession. Um, and they won't be happy. And that's true in any profession. Um, and also, um, it, it wouldn't hurt young lawyers to go work for the public defender's office. It wouldn't work hurt young lawyers to take criminal appointments. But when I hear these young lawyers competing to go work at these corporate law firms who put them in a box and work on a pyramid scheme so that they they make these young lawyers work 2,500 hours and uh, no trial and to support uh, you know the corporations that's disappointing to me and, and frankly most of those young lawyers end up dropping out of the practice they they find it very disappointing. Plus, they don't get any trial experience too for all that hard work they're going to put in there. No, they don't. Not they don't get anything. They're just uh, they're cogs in a wheel. Well, Jeff, in a wheel. I agree with a lot of what you say. I don't always agree with everything you say, but I agree that uh, young lawyers coming out definitely should uh, should be careful where they start off with. But it doesn't matter what you make when you're coming out; it's the experience you get, and you always should love what you want what what you're if doing. If you love what you do, you'll be successful, and that's true. If you're a plumber, if you're a gardener, if you're a uh, garbage collector, if you're a lawyer, if you don't love what you do, you shouldn't be doing it. And unfortunately, most of the people who go to law school at least from my perspective, just went to law school for the wrong reasons. Well, it's obviously you love what you do. Everybody, I would encourage you to see You Don't Know Jack. I wish I had an early screening of that, but I will be watching that coming out next week on uh, on HBO. Jeff, thanks for coming back. Hope to have you back. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. That was Jeff uh, Feiger. You know, Jeff, he is, if nothing else, you obviously can tell not just through his work, in law, whether you like him or not, whether you think he is uh, abrasive or not, he is, he loves what he does. And, you know, I, whether you have kids, just like I have kids, or whether you, you don't have any kids, but you are working in this, uh, in this economy here in Michigan, I don't care if you're a lawyer or not, you gotta like what you do. I don't care if you start off with an internship, you start off not getting paid, you come out of law school, you want to represent people, it is a great idea to do what you love no matter what you're getting paid, at least in the beginning, especially when you're young. And I would recommend any of the lawyers coming out of school, and I would absolutely agree with what Jeffrey Feiger was saying on it, is you go get a job in the prosecutor's office for low pay or the public defender for uh, for little pay, where you take court appointments, because that's how you learn not only the system, that's how you are able to figure out what area of law you want, how to represent people's rights, how to protect your own professional interest in what you want to do, because that's how you get your own type of uh, um, ethics and morals is from working with the people, not sitting into a a cubicle somewhere like he was talking about in corporate America and not ever seeing the light of day or even a client. So I think it's uh, I think it's good advice. We're going to uh, take a short break. If you have anything you want to talk about, especially with uh, commenting on with Jeffrey Feiger, call us at 248-851-1270. This is Weinberg on the Law. 
Have you or a loved one been arrested or charged with a crime? Do you want to stay out of jail and try to keep your record clean? Then you need the attorneys from Weinberg Law at 1-800-7100-LAW. And if you call right now, they can qualify you for a payment plan designed just for you. That's right, an affordable top criminal law firm. Call 1-800-7100-LAW. Stay out of jail, keep your record clean, and qualify for payment plans. Call now, 1-800-710-0529. That's 1-800-7100-LAW. 